It's Thursday morning, March 28th, 2019. Good morning, everybody. I'm Len Adolph. Welcome to Sam Sell Sells Real Estate, the fastest 10 minutes or so in real estate information three days a week. Today, on another beautiful day here in the Northeast, they're expecting temperatures up into the 70s by the time we get to the weekend. Spring is here, baby. Spring is here. With us today... Orlando M. Rivera, J.D., a very good friend of mine and a business associate. Mr. Rivera is a business broker, an attorney, and a realtor. He's got a lot of talent. That's why we're friends. We're going to come back and do Selling Your Business 101 right after this. And we're back. Thursday afternoon, we're doing a Wednesday show. Our guest is Orlando M. Rivera, a very good friend of mine and business associate. Uh, Mr. Rivera is a graduate of Rutgers University Camden in 2001. He graduated Rutgers University School of Law in Camden in 2006. He has had his own law practice. He was a vice president for Tannenbaum Business Brokers in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And now he operates his own company, Aspira Realty and Aspira Business Brokers, uh, in generally the uh, Philadelphia area. Orlando, it's great having you, bro. Good Welcome. morning, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm My excited. Pleasure, this is, man. Uh, I've been on uh, multiple different uh, programs, TV, radio, you name it. But this is, I think, my first audio podcast. So I'm excited. There you go. We're going to call this uh, How to Sell Your Business 101. How about that? Sounds good. We're going to let you uh, be the professor, and we're going to let you kind of take control here. Let's start with the very basic. Why do people sell their businesses? Ooh, good question. Good question. And a lot of times buyers looking at profitable business want to know that from the owner selling. Sure. And I got to tell you, the number one reason, burnout. Business owners get tired uh, for one reason or another, bored. Uh, sometimes, believe it or not, they're like a um, uh, a tiger in a, in a in a gold cage. It makes money, but the same four walls over many years for them is exhausting. So I also refer to it as uh, the seven-year itch, right? Have you ever heard that term? It basically, you know, people get tired of something. They want to move on and transition. It was a so, movie back in the 60s. I'm showing my age. I know you're 20 years <laughs> younger than me. Marilyn Monroe was in it. Uh, so, yes, the seven-year itch. Sorry, folks, for those of you, I'm dating myself. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's the one reason. There are other reasons, though, of course, that, you know, uh, might include health reasons, um, you know, their retirement, someone's relocating out of, relocating out of state. Uh, there are a number of different different reasons why someone wants to sell their business. But I got to tell you, the number one reason for sure, you know, just bored, tired, and burnt out. Now, I, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you had indicated it's important that any business owner has an exit strategy. Talk a little bit about that. You know, it's a good topic to talk about. It's probably not the one that's most interesting to your viewers or your listeners. Uh, you know, business owners, I think we all know we need to plan for our future. Obviously, if you're a business owner, planning that eventual exit, you know, we don't, you know, the, the business is not going to be there forever and you're not going to forever do what you're doing today. Unfortunately, most people focus on literally today. You know, they're, they're, you know, their main concern is how they're going to grow revenue, how they're going to pay their bills this week. 
you know, cash flow issues, you know, whatever those, you know, personal matters, right? Absolutely. Uh, but no one's really not, it's rare to see someone who's actually planning, you know, say more than a year when New Year's resolutions come around and say, okay, what I'm going to do for this year. Uh, sure. That's unfortunate. But every business owner should plan, of course, for that exit, meaning, you know, consider every day what you're doing in the business to improve the value of that business. Secondly, what are you doing to improve the marketability of that business, right? So for one, if you're the only one doing, you know, making all the decisions and you are the business, then it's not very marketable. That business is not going to have a lot of uh, interest from other people because once they buy the, you know, the current owner leaves, it's no longer a business. Sure. So these issues have to be addressed, uh, you know, among many others. And, um, you know, it's, a, you know it, it, it's something, again, that's not being focused on. But that's what that means in terms of, you know, preparing for the exit. Well, then why don't we talk about something that our viewers or listeners might be interested in is let's figure out how much we're going to sell this thing for. Tell them how they do that. Well, that's good. There's three main questions that a business owner wants to know when they're looking to sell a business. The first one is, how much can I get for it? The second one is, how long will it take? Because I think, you know, it's kind of normal for someone to be a little impatient and believe that it could be done the following week and just get rid of it. Uh, sure. The third thing is, you know, what's involved? What do I have to do to sell the business? No matter how those questions are phrased, they're pretty much going to fall under one of those three uh, main questions. And in terms of what could you sell it for? Oh, there, that's a big topic. So I'll give you a short answer and then you can dive deeper if you want to, but uh, the short answer is there, you're going to sell your business based on, or it's going to be valued based on the future income of the business. Okay. So what does a buyer perceive to be reliable future income out of that business for them when they take over? So that perception is going to be unique based on the buyer. Now, how about that, the, how about the industry that you're buying into? How does that play? Oh, absolutely. So, but in terms of, you know, value, right? How much is going to sell for you have to first look at the buyer, the market of buyers in that particular industry and how they're looking and perceiving your business. In terms of the valuation approach, uh, there's something most people use, which is, which is a multiple of cash flow. And that's definitely going to vary depending on the industry that we're looking at. So if, for example, and again, going back to a very simple tip, you know, consider as a business owner, when you're looking at the value of your business, what do you, how can you present the future income of the, of the business for a new owner? And so keeping that in mind, think about two different businesses and I'll give you two different industries as an example. Okay. The first one is say uh, a health club, right? A fitness club, a, a, a gym, the membership may have a one-year contract, they're paying monthly uh, um, payments through a credit card, it's automatically you know, charged, EFT, uh, and that's just monthly recurring revenue with very slow transitions, either up or down, but that's pretty reliable. That multiple could be as much as four times multiple for a Main Street, fit, you know, for a club, right? We're talking about 10, 15,000 square foot club. Right. That's just an example, I'm just using that. And you may be able to get up to a four-time multiple on the... Cash flow. And again, okay, for, for our audience, do the best you can in layman's terms to define the term multiple. 
So a multiple is literally just doing that, right? Four times multiply the uh, cash flow. Now the cash flow is what the business truly generates for the owner. Okay, that's just kind of a, a term of art for the industry, but some other terms that we use is SDE, which is an acronym for Seller's Discretionary Earnings. And again, that just means what is the disposable income of the business to that particular owner. Another kind of layman term to use is uh, all owner benefit, right? So all right. owner be benefits might include their salaries that they pay themselves, the benefits and perks they give themselves, uh, the income to the business, ordinary business income to the business, uh, and a couple of other ad backs that you know can be a little too hairy to talk about. But you know, you clean it all up and you say, okay, look, this is what it really, this business is really producing for me in truth, in reality. That's all the uh, you know the cash flow for the business. So let's just say. Uh, I'll just give an example to hopefully help illustrate this. Again, say taking that health club. Uh, let's say that the owner is currently getting a salary of fifty thousand dollars, fifty-two thousand uh, dollars salary out of the business. Okay. The business also, on its tax returns, for example, or makes uh, uh, another fifty thousand uh, dollars income uh, to the business while looking at the tax return. We can easily add the salary plus the income to the business of one hundred and two thousand dollars, and say that that's cash flow for the business sure. because now we're cleaning it up. Right. Now a new owner coming in says, "Look, I can take that one hundred and two thousand dollars and whack that up however I want. I can pay myself no salary and just take all distribution, or I can, uh, you know, give myself that literally that type of salary for whatever reason because I want to, you know, maximize Social Security. Whatever you want to do." Uh, but that's the, that would be the seller's discretionary earnings, for example. There are many other things that go into it. Sure. Another, and I hate to ramble on, but this is kind of important to clarify because it's, it's kind of uh, the industry norm, is that we refer to something else called EBITDA. EBITDA is an acronym. stands for, it's E-B-I-T-D-A. And it stands for earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. There are, we also use that as a standard where there's also a multiple to EBITDA. So we may have different types of cash flow, like the EBITDA number. When you're looking at the tax return, you look at the earnings of the business, and then you add again, uh, say the salaries, but then you add back the depreciation and amortization that's been written off for tax purposes on the tax return. You add that to the income through earnings, and you have an EBITDA number. Okay, so it's earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization. When you get that number, that may have a different multiple from the SDE number that we refer to. Right. Now, let so, me ask you this again, question before yeah. we go to break. If I don't know what business I want to get into, am I more inclined to want to purchase into a business that ultimately has a higher multiple and has more value? That particular industry, is, is that a relevant issue? No, I think the most important thing, if you're looking to buy a business, is to determine very simply if that's something you can do every day. If you can see yourself in that particular business, industry, location, customer base, et cetera, and you can see yourself working there every day, I think it's probably the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, when we're selling and buying uh, profitable businesses in the what I would refer to as main street businesses or even lower middle market, even uh, those, you know, we're talking about, um, I'll put it another way, 
we, we work with businesses that generally have $20 million in revenue and below. We tend to focus on that type of clientele. Sure. Those businesses, uh, the buyer, the buyers are really buying a lifestyle. And so that's probably the most important thing. Uh, look, if you were looking at, you know, how much money you're making and that's all you were looking for, uh, you know, those multiples and return rate on return, um, your rate of return on your investment and how many hours you're putting in, all that kind of stuff, it's kind of a financial discussion or financial consideration. Then I would be selling much more, many more businesses. But, but the reality is that there's an emotional component of really enjoying what you're doing. Uh, so that's probably first. Secondary would be the money, but a very close second. Hey, really good stuff, Orlando. You know, let's yeah. do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with Orlando Rivera and the tip of the day right after this. Don't forget, go up on the Samsell and Associate website, the Commercial Loan Squared website, Anchor website, the podcast platform. Leave a comment. Try to contact us. We want to hear what you have to say. Give a thumbs up to Samsell Sells Real Estate. Today's tip of the day, in my opinion, you would be foolish not to retain the services of a business broker to help sell your business. I know that there are exceptions to the rule, but in general, to have an expert guiding somebody is always worth it and generally will result in receiving more money for the sale of your business and certainly, if you have someone that's qualified, much better advice. That's my tip of the day. We'll be right back. Continue our discussion with Mr. Rivera. Orlando, I think the, the easy question, I'm going to throw you a softball here, and uh, we are shameless self-promoters, so uh, you can uh, just knock yourself out with this one. What's the best way to sell your business? You use a broker? Use an online database? Is there something else that the general public could use? I, I, obviously, you're going to pitch using a broker, but, you know, just talk about that uh, particular topic in general. Yeah, definitely uh, use a business broker, and there is a good reason for it. So uh, I've, whenever I ask a client, have you ever sold a business or attempted to sell your business? And if so, have you ever gotten an offer? Every single time when I hear a client say, yes, I've tried with on my own, uh, or even actually with competitors, we're even better than them. But with their competitors, they'll tell me what their best offer was. And obviously, they're talking to me because those offers weren't good enough. I love that because I use that as a benchmark and I say, let's, let's put that number to the side and that's our benchmark. Let's see what we can do for you. And we have consistently driven. Every time we're able to know the, the number before versus the number we're able to produce, we're able to increase the value from 25% to 50% higher value. So take an example, a $600,000 business purchase or a, a, a business that was offered at the highest, $600,000. We got an offer for $750,000, right? So that's, I think, literally a 25% increase in the value. Right. We have a standard commission, uh, we're, you know, standard in the industry and that, uh, but not standard in terms of what our value is. So we've clearly, in that scenario, for example, we put in more cash net 
in that deal for the owner with our commission more cash than when they were doing it on their own and doing all the work and dealing with the hassle. You know, there's another real simple reason why you need a business broker or some type of intermediary. It's very difficult to keep confidentiality in your business, right? How do you run your business and at the same time sell your business? And then on top of that, manage keeping it private, private and confidential, right? So the moment that you talk to someone about selling your business, clearly they know you're for sale. You probably, I'm pretty sure, did not get a non-disclosure from them. You're just because you feel like you want to have a relationship sure. with the person, you want to turn the person right. off. Uh, you also probably didn't even vet the buyer properly because you're probably feeling and thinking that you have to put on a show, you know, and entertain the, the, the barrage of questions that they have to try to get them interested because you're selling and you're trying to sell. Unfortunately, that dynamic is not good. Uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lack of trust between the buyer and seller. They don't even know each other. They're trying to get to know each other. And, it, you know, like you're buying and selling a car, right? You always feel like someone's trying to take you for something. What do you have hidden in this car that's not working? And, in, you know, unfortunately, it's just so challenging. How'd you know that, I felt um, that way? I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, statistically, I read one, I think it was 5% success rate for business owners selling on their own. That's a that's a 95% guarantee that you're not going to sell your business at all. And this was, a, you know, an article that uh, we that uh, cited, I think, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the SBA, Small Business uh, Association. Administration. And, um, administration, That's thank okay. you. Uh, and uh, I thought that was fascinating. And it, I, I'd have to say anecdotally, it makes sense. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, clearly, there's a big, big reasons. Do you want to sell your business in the first place? Yes. Then use an intermediary. If you want to keep your business confidential and sell it, without disrupting your business and having your employees find out or your customers find out. I mean, can you imagine if you have a flower shop, for example, and you're, you're, you're trying to sell and you have a, um, a bride coming in to book her wedding for next year? I think she's concerned that you're not going to be there next year because you're trying Excellent to sell. Excellent point. So it's just, it's just way too disruptive. So, you know, it, it really – and obviously, you know, as I just mentioned, we provide a lot higher values. So we increase your success of – selling the business. We increase the value of the business for the seller. And by the way, we're also providing service to the buyer. You know, right now, the way we're set up, we're sell-side representation, meaning the sellers are our clients. They hire us to get right. started. But we really perceive buyers as customers. We provide service, customer service, if you will, to buyers. We help them buy, find financing. We help them get qualified uh, wherever they need to be, including getting qualified by the landlord or with a franchise. So if, if it's a franchise business, because we also work with franchised e-businesses, uh, independently run businesses. Uh, so yeah, we, we pretty much run the gamut from beginning to end as a full service for both the sellers and the buyers. Uh, it, it's a no-brainer. Orlando, uh, it was great having you. Uh, well, <laughs> listen, I enjoyed uh, talking with you as usual, and I really hope that this was valuable for your listeners. And uh, I'd love to come back on any time if you have questions that uh, your listeners have that we didn't cover and provide more free advice and tips on, uh, you know, valuing the business, selling the business and all we that. We are. We're going to uh, come back with uh, How to Sell the Business, uh, Volume 2. Very it's good. great having you. Yeah, that's a good topic. That's a good uh, question. Orlando, thanks a lot. Take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. Right, have a good one. Take care. It was great having Orlando on today. He just knows a lot of things 
about a lot of things. And we're fortunate to have him here, and he will be back. As usual, not only do we put out good information, but we are spanning our reach from real estate and business and trying to touch a lot of different topics that matter to the people that listen. This is the place that you want to be. There's just no doubt about it. My thanks, as always, go out to my buddy Johnny Samsell, Jen D'Elia, John Gerhardt's Biomedia, Maxie, I love you, Noe, I love you, Nander Ferguson, love you too for Birdman. You are listeners, love you too. We're nothing without you, we're here for you, we're here to help you. Put Samsell Real Estate on your favorites list, you'll never have to worry again about missing an episode. We do post to social media, we always try to let you know what's coming up. We're going to be here tomorrow. We've got a tape of an interview that John had done with WCTC, a local radio station here in New Brunswick, and we're going to put that on for tomorrow's podcast. We will be back. Take care. Have a great day.